Loki, if someone walked into City Gallery in Charleston right now, what would they see? Oh, right now they would see an exhibit that showcases a diverse set of installation pieces that explores themes of black agrarianism, ecological stewardship, material culture. It would be vivid and exciting and very beautiful. Um, it is a feast for the senses. The name of the exhibit is Griots of Cotton, Indigo, and Clay. What do you believe visitors will get out of this exhibit? The collected artworks um, will teach them more about African Americans and our stories that can back to the land. Um, I think it's very important that we talk about that. Uh, Caroline, I believe so much that the reason why we're in the space where we are today as a nation is because we don't normally have deep conversations with people who don't look like us. I was reflecting yesterday on the fact that Martin Luther King said, and it is still true today, that 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is usually the most segregated time of the week. And when you can come to a show like this, and you are not African-American, and you can see our joys and our pains and our struggles and our precious divine love for Mother Earth through these pieces, I think you will come away informed and hopefully a little enriched. We have one artist from Accra, Ghana, and then from all over the United States. There are about 35 of us. There's over 100 pieces of art down at the City Gallery. The people who are visiting the exhibit at the City Gallery, I imagine they come from a wide range of demographic, socioeconomic classes, races, beliefs, and I'm sure that's something that you really want to see. You want people who are unsure and unfamiliar to visit this exhibit. Oh, absolutely. I hosted a group of 25 uh, Hispanic people, uh, migrant workers and their children on Saturday, and it was so delightful to see the faces of the children that they got it. Mm -hmm. You know, they were enthusiastic when they, there's a beautiful Harriet Tubman quilt there, and they, they recognized who she was, and they were so excited because, you know, you don't really think about, you, you know things about Harriet Tubman, but then to see her, you know, eight feet tall on a quilt, you know, holding her gun with the story of, of her life on it, it, I think it makes an, another deeper impact. So yeah, I think, every, I think everybody should go and I think they should go with people that they love and then take the time to have a conversation. If I or one of the other artists are in the gallery, we would love to talk to you about what this means to us and hopefully encourage people to also take up needle art. You know, there are not as many young people are doing this craft as I would like. So hopefully by getting this out, out here, showing, you know, especially story quilts, art quilts, maybe more young people will pick this up. Cookie, how were you introduced to the, the art of putting together contrasting fabrics and bold patterns? In other words, how were you introduced to quilting? My grandmother and great-grandmother quilted. Um, and I was honestly not terribly interested. I um, 
started my life as a nurse, and then for many, many years when I wanted to stay home and raise my children, I was a dressmaker and still from time to time do the occasional bridal gown. But in 1999, someone gave me a copy of the book Communion of the Spirits by Roland Freeman, and within a few months, that exhibit came here to Charleston to the Gibbs Museum, and when I walked into the Gibbs Museum, I fell more madly in love than I'd ever fallen with anything except the birth of my children. (laughs) It was visual, it was bright, it was storytelling, it was our voices in cloth, and I thought, I have stories to tell. Um, I believe very much in social activism. This might be a gentler but more profound way to share what's in my heart and mind and my activism. Your background is nursing, so was it difficult for you to leave the field of nursing to devote your time to quilting? Oh, no, Carolyn. Um, Even though I have a degree from Johns Hopkins in nursing, I nursed for very little time. Um, When I got married and got pregnant, I thought it was super important to stay home and be a mom. Um, My mother is a master dressmaker, um, and I, I know you know what I look like. I'm very short. I'm very round. My mother said to me, by the time you're 13, you're going to have to learn how to make all your own clothes because I'm not going to do it anymore. (laughs) So I really, in earnest, learned very early um, how to put together fabric and patterns. I, you know, I'm a master tailor now. And it's something that I love. It's my vocation. It's my avocation. It's part of my ministry. And it is just such a joy, especially in this time where we need to sometimes be you know, alone in our homes or, you know, with our family pod because of COVID. So I can do my work and feed my soul while I'm doing that. And the nursing, picking that back up, I am caretaking for three medically fragile adults in my family. um, So I can stay at home and care for them as well as get my art out into the world. And so I feel very blessed by that. So often when I people ask me what I do and I say, well, I'm a quilter. They say, oh, yeah, my grandma made quilts. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to them further and they had so little respect for what their grandmothers or great-grandmothers did that last year they let their cat have kittens on that quilt. And most of the art that's hanging in the gallery that is fiber-based are story quilts. They were never intended to lay on your bed. They were intended to be on the wall they tell a story of what one of my quilts tells the um, creation story of the Yoruba people. Um, A black mermaid threw herself upon the land and her womb exploded and that is how the earth became littered with all the races of people. So that's a story that not a lot of people know. Um, And you can think, oh, okay, I I didn't know that this makes your knowledge about African Americans um, richer. So that's one of the things that I think is important. Would you describe what goes into your thought process when you are putting together a piece of work and and if people should in fact separate the way they look at the work you do 
that we very often see on a wall and perhaps something that's used to, as you described earlier, um, used for cats to have their litter? Um, I'm a storyteller in art and I'm so drawn to creating narrative with my works that, like I said, will offer an inroad to discussions um, that many in this country will find difficult to enjoin. I am not at all interested in making you a quilt to match your couch. Um, that certainly has its place, but when I decided that this was the next career for me, I always thought it was important to use this as a means of telling some sort of story. And so when I'm pulling together colors or whatever, often, and this is kind of a secret, but I'll tell you. Okay. (laughs) All ears. We will find a piece of fabric or we'll find a phrase or something. And sometimes I literally sleep with it under my pillow, kind of waiting for it to speak to me. You know, when I started the quilt that I'm working on now about the solar system, like said, Dr. DeRest Tyson's book moved me so much and I found a piece of fabric that had stars on it and I thought, hmm, I know I want to do this, but I had to walk around and touch it and sleep with it for a couple of days before it said this is the concept that that evolved for me. So it's very, for me, it's very um, kind of spiritual, kind of woo-woo. Um, <laughs> you know, I just don't buy a there and there are quilt patterns that I just don't say oh I'm going to make a pattern of a doll quilt or something it it all comes very internal for for me during the pandemic certainly there the requirement was isolation for a good deal of time and it's easy to think about quilting as a solitary endeavor how did you fare during the pandemic with your artwork I, I did very well, um, and thank God for Zoom. Um, <laughs> I have a, a group of, of quilting sisters that I just love, and we're very closely connected, so we did a lot of Zoom stitching together. You know, here at 7.30, let's just sit, everybody grab a cup of tea, turn on your camera, let's show each other what we're making. Um, but yeah, being in isolation, like I said, with caring with medically fragile people, I couldn't, I still don't feel super comfortable going out and engaging in the way in the public that I love to, you know, I'm such a people person, but I'm really trying to be very careful because I don't want to make somebody that I live with or care for sick. Um, And being long days of being just alone with my family um, and being able to sit and sew for me is very meditative Mm -hmm. and um, I have had to very much in my own life lean on as my grandmother would say the everlasting arms of Jesus and so (laughs) I feel like my spirituality has really deepened during during the pandemic time Um, and I'm just glad and I'm so happy for that I've hated this pandemic and I've hated that that I have lost people that I love and mm-hmm. so many others have. But out of that has come a more appreciation for my fellow humans and getting to have rich conversations like this one with you or my quilting sisters 
or even having to talk to my doctor via Zoom because I couldn't go in the office. Mm-hmm. Every encounter just became that much more precious. You know, we're reflecting deeply. So that was important to me. How do you decide on your project? Um, Carolyn, I, I have a, what I hope is a very good relationship with my God. And so I often pray on it or something um, will spark me in the news or in a book or something. Um, I'm currently working, I've just finished reading yet another wonderful book by Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I am making a quilt about the solar system right now. And what I hope is interesting about this piece, which will be on view um, at the Aiken Red House in March, is I'm using a very old technique called um, making pine burr blocks. The pine burr block is the official quilt block of the state of Alabama, and it's an old, old folded technique. You take little tiny folded scraps, and you layer them in rows and rows, and you create a very dense piece of work. And I'm using that technique to create planets in our solar system. So that, that's how that came about. And then other pieces, like I said, come about because I feel like I want to honor God. I've done several pieces of the Black Madonna. I was as raised as a Baptist. I was not terribly familiar with um, Black iconography. And when I saw it and discovered it, I really felt like God put on my heart to do a series of eight of those pieces. And I'm midway through that series. So I still have four, three or four more to go. A lot of your work focuses on women and girls. Is that important to you? The most important part of my work. Um, so if we, if we went only to public schools in America, we usually only know about three or four African-American women in, in history. That would be Phyllis Wheatley, Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, and then a long time until we pick up Rosa Parks. I want my work to always make women, especially African-American women and girls, to know that African women and women of the diaspora, we are not coming up from being enslaved. We're coming down from being worshiped as deities. The ancient worship of African goddesses predates Jesus Christ by about 2,500 years. And I think if you can look at yourself through that lens, you come into the world, you walk in the world in a different way. And I think that's very important and empowering. And I think it changes the way you are in the world. If we walked into your home right now or the place where you work, what would we see? Oh, right now you see pandemonium. (laughs) (laughs) There are quilts all over the place. um, I am so honored at the Aiken Rhett House on March 18th. I'm having a solo show. And so I'm pulling, I'm only doing a couple of new works for that. So this will be kind of a retrospective. So like every quilt that I still own is laying on a couch or a table or something, trying to decide what will go into that show and then there are things that I haven't unpacked from the quilting bee and um boxes it's 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 a mess but it's 
vibrant colors all over the place. Um, the dishes are washed. So <laughs> That's good. Laundry will continue to get done, but but there's a, a is a bright bunch of color and it's, it's kind of exciting because she's like, oh yeah, I did do that. <laughs> That's good. As someone who has on their to-do list today to sew a button on her husband's shirt and I'm experiencing a degree of anxiety about doing that, um, what do you want people to think about the next time they look at a quilt? And by that, I mean, I don't think it's something that I will ever take up myself, but to help me gain an even greater appreciation for the time and effort and energy and thought and passion that goes into creating these works of art? I think when you look at a quilt the next time and touch it, think about the hands that made it. Think about the love and the planning that goes into that. There's a lot of, oh, I'm not good at math, and there's a lot of math that can go into this. Um, But like I said, there's, Every quilt is telling a story, holds a secret, and I believe that most of them hold a great deal of passion and love. So that's what I would hope that people would think about. And, you know, because like I said, as they're mostly made out of cottons or silks or something like that, think about the earth. I, You know, in that exhibit, I created a life size she's like six foot one um mother earth doll and the reason i did that for this exhibit is i wanted people to remember that we are stewards of this earth and we're not doing a terribly good job um i created the doll to be very beautiful and lush and very green and i want our earth restored in that way and so as you're looking at quilts think you know this cotton came out of the ground and what have i done or what can i do to make the ground to make our earth better so that for our children and our grandchildren they will have a a sustainable place to live cookie washington thank you so much for speaking with me we are delighted to hear about this exhibit at the charleston city gallery griots of cotton indigo and clay thank you so much for speaking with us thank you so much carolyn you have a wonderful day that's it for this episode of let's talk let's talk is produced by eric johnson i'm the host carolyn murray We welcome your comments and advice on our podcast, so please write a review and share the link with others. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk. Goodbye until the next time.